Welcome to season three of Bend the Podcast. Conversations to spark creativity, challenge beliefs, and disrupt what it means to be well. I'm Lillian. And I'm Deb. This season, we have some former guests sitting in the co-host chair. They're going to help expand our perspectives. Listen for some familiar voices. Our podcast is recorded on the unsurrendered and traditional territories of the Algonquin Anishinaabe people. We're really happy you're here today. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Ben the Podcast. Really happy that you're joining this conversation. Today, in the guest host chair, we have Erin McCarthy. Those of you who are listeners will remember Erin from season one. Her episode was called The Philosophy of Happiness, Concussion Management, and Being Your Own Friend. That was a great episode. Feels like a long time ago, doesn't it, Erin? It really does. Yeah, yeah. I will leave it to you to introduce yourself. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So yeah, as Deb said, my name is Erin McCarthy. I'm a mindfulness coach and teacher. I've, I've really begun to rethink that and sort of describe myself more as a mindful life coach. Um, I'm also a certified philosophical counselor and a practitioner of mind-body therapy. And uh, yeah, and I'm the mom of twin tweens, which is very exciting, and uh, learning how to be a small business owner the last few years. So I'm super excited uh, about speaking with Michelle today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as Erin and I were getting ready for this conversation, we had, we generated a lot of questions based on kind of our own needs, but our own curiosities and listener curiosities, didn't we, Erin? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it seemed to come quite easy. So you alluded to our guest. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Michelle Quigg. Michelle is a chartered professional accountant. She is the owner of MQ Accounting. And I can attest to the um, her skills and her professionalism and how much you've helped me, Michelle. So welcome. We're really happy that you're here joining this conversation today. Thank you so much. Thanks for yeah. the introduction and the um, the compliment, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I mean it. I um, As you will perhaps come to hear through our questions that this was a piece, the financial piece was a really intimidating piece of starting a business for me and a part that maybe held me back for a long time. And certainly you've instilled some of that confidence in me. So I'm really excited to dig in and share some of your, your skill and knowledge with, with other, other folks, whether you're, you know, um, coming to this from a personal perspective or a business perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to, to dive into our questions, but before we get going on that, Michelle, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, so I am a chartered professional accountant, a certified general accountant as well. Um, I started MQ Accounting um, August of 2019, um, but I have uh, over, uh, well, before I started my business, I had six years of experience in accounting. So um, aside from university, uh, that was my actual in-industry experience. So yeah, so that's me. Michelle, can you distinguish the difference between chartered professional accountant and what was the other distinction you said? Certified general accountant. Yeah, what's the difference? Because I have no idea and I'm sure people listening have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, a few years back, there was three uh, accountant designations that one could get. So there was the CA, chartered accountant, 
CGA, Certified General Accountant, and the CMA, so Certified Management Accountant. And we were all governed by three separate bodies. Um, so what the all those bodies wanted to do is um, have consistency across and with all the accountants that were going to get certified. So each of those came up with the Chartered Professional Accountant. Mm -hmm. So we're all governed now by the same body. Mm -hmm. Um, so my CGA designation is kind of a legacy designation. So I was one of the last ones to go through the program as it used to be. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, I kind of got granted the Chartered Professional Accountant designation along with it. Oh, very good. So a real evolution. Yes. Yeah, very cool. Thank you for that distinction. Um, sure. You know, as we were planning our questions, one of the things I wanted to know is I, I, I maybe there's a huge assumption in this question, but have you always loved numbers? Like, am I assuming that you love numbers? Maybe you <laughs> numbers. I don't know. Have you always loved numbers? I have. Um, and I kind of have a funny story about that um, because I always did very bad. I got bad grades in English. Hmm. Um, I would always use a comma splice error, comma splice error for days. Um, and then I got back thinking on it and I thought, well, the bigger the number, the more commas there are in it. <laughs> right so maybe that's why um yeah so I just I love um how numbers kind of interact with each other I I really like doing sudoku so that's kind of numbers um yeah so I was just drawn to to that um as well as just business in general um some people ask me oh like what would you take in university if you didn't go through for accounting and I can't think of anything other than business because business isn't everything that we do. Um, so I think that was just the draw to it. Yeah, maybe perhaps the question as you in listening to your answer, perhaps perhaps the question is, yeah, did you always were you always drawn to business, right? I, I hadn't really thought about people in accounting. Do you need to be good at both, do you think, to be a, a good accountant? I believe so, yes, um, because the numbers part to me is sometimes more just the compliance part. So like filing personal taxes, filing corporate taxes, um, where an accountant kind of analyzes all those numbers and provides advice on the numbers. Oh, of course. Yeah. So you really have to have the insight of where businesses are going, businesses, uh, the challenges that businesses have. Um so yeah, so I think they do go hand in hand. And um, Michelle, I, that makes me think of a, of a question that, you know, I think when most people think of accountants, they think about that more like transactional side of things, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting the taxes filed, all the paperwork, all of that stuff. But is um, giving advice and, and sort of, you know, counseling people for lack of a better word on you know financial like that analytic piece is that part of what any accountant does for their clients yes I mean I can't speak on all accountants this is how I operate my practice um right but it is uh we kind of call it like consultations instead of consultations counseling, but right. okay uh, <laughs> um but yes it's definitely for me it's that added value um yeah of guiding business owners instead of just doing the compliance work. Mm -hmm. So it's really talking about their businesses um, with the owners, um, kind of maybe asking questions that would provide guidance um, mm -hmm. or like direction that maybe business owners don't think of in their business. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Go ahead, Deb. No, I was just going to say that that was the piece I had no idea about in terms of, you know, maybe some of the intimidation heading into a business for me. And that financial piece was just thinking I had to do it alone or thinking that I had to have all the answers. And I think, Michelle, you've been really helpful for me personally, but in my business in terms of that. And I think that that's an important piece for people to know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you going to add to that, Erin? Did I? No, you were. Well, yeah, I was. I was going to ask if there's. Um, we might be getting ahead of ourselves, but um, uh, you know, you've gone out and started your own business, so you can probably bring a lot of that. Do you? Do you like? How does that show up in um, your work with clients who may be starting their businesses? So, when I was in university, I learned a lot of the accounting based on a textbook. So in my previous um, job, before I started my own firm, I was advising clients on their businesses just from what I had read in the textbook. Um, So I thought a true testament to my designation and all what I've learned um, would be to go out and and start my own firm and be in the same shoes as an entrepreneur or a small business owner that's just starting out. And then that way I could really relate I've been there done that oh great I think that that adds a lot of value I I think and you're a small operation which also I think adds a lot of value because I don't know it's intimidating accounting is intimidating to me but then to walk into this huge firm and other people may have a different experience and that's that's fine whatever works for you or your business but it was helpful to know that you brought that experience but also that you were personable and accessible, you know, and mm-hmm. that's been my experience with, with working alongside of you. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. I just want to say as, as a female entrepreneur, that takes a lot of courage, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Small town. And just, it takes a lot of courage for women to, to, and, and men too, but for women particularly to, to not only, um, you know, forge something new, but uh, what I'm hearing in your description is challenge yourself, right? You wanted to Mm -hmm. really apply the learning in a different way that what you, you wanted to learn kind of experientially, right? In some ways. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That must make you very approachable to lots of people, I would think for sure. (laughs) Thank you. I try to be, I don't try and be that uh, boring accountant that we all think of, you know, and like the memes and things. (laughs) Of course, of course. So you've alluded to it, but I want to ask more specifically, what does it take to be an accountant? What, What kind of training and education have led you to where you are right now? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, because it's been a long road. Um, so I mean, my, my accounting started kind of in high school taking accounting classes. Um, but I did a, a four year program at the University of Ottawa, uh, Bachelor of Commerce, uh, specializing in accounting. Um, and then from that, I went into the CGA program, which is now the CPA program, but um, I did get a lot of credit for the classes I had done in university. Uh, which was great. Um, So I just had to take a couple more exams. Um, I think overall it was six courses Mm. that I still had to do after university to then get my designation. Um, Before any accountant gets their designation, they have to have practical experience. Mm. Um, So they do need to have hours um, in certain categories that are signed off by another uh, accountant, designated accountant. So to have that experience as well as the 
the course education. Of course. And I'm sure that education is ongoing, right? Often I see on your Instagram, you're taking a course or you're doing, it's, it's, it's ongoing, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So every year we need to do uh, 60 hours um, of professional development because laws, I mean, corporate tax and things like that are always changing. Um, we also are required to do ethical courses as well. Um, so part of those hours have to be in ethics. Yeah, that's a whole that's other. That's really interesting. Yeah, isn't yeah. that interesting, Erin? A whole other branch of of accounting I I hadn't thought of. I mean, it's I implicit it's implicitly there, but wow, to think that, yeah. or at least it should be. <laughs> it should be, and hence the the ethics, the required training there. Yeah, because I think, you know, you're dealing really intimately with people and their money, and so that's yeah. pretty important, huh? That's yeah, I have to think about that for a little bit. Yeah, and that's a huge um, point there too, Deb, is um, you have to be approachable, right? Because people are telling you all about their lives, basically, just in kind of numbers form. Um, but you still have to ask those tough questions when I'm filing personal tax, like I need to know things um, to better advise the client. Of course, of course. And so, yeah, you hear about challenges and family breakups and strife and yeah because you have to in terms of their taxes but also um, you're a trusted person in people's lives and sometimes people just need to talk I imagine yes yes (laughs) they do that too (laughs) yeah what what a privilege and a challenge, I bet, at times. You just want to talk numbers. Here's the, no, I'm just kidding. I'm minimizing that. But I, I imagine that that happens a lot because also, I mean, it's not one of the things I was thinking about asking, but money brings out lots of emotion, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, I know that there's a bookkeeping part of your business as well is that a separate branch of your is it under mq accounting or is that actually separate so i did when i first started mq accounting i did do a little bit of bookkeeping i have since um incorporated a whole different company to deal with the bookkeeping um because i wanted to to keep those separate because they are very different um so yeah I want, so thank you for that distinction. And I think I want to dig in there first off why, why you decided to do that. And also um, I think a lot of us um, use the terms interchangeably bookkeeping and accounting, and I'd like some more clarification on that for our listeners. Yeah, that would be great. Cause I have no idea. <laughs> okay. And my sister was a CMA. So you would think some of this would have filtered down, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so bookkeeping is very, um, just think of it as transactional based. It's just recording receipts um, and income um that's basically it so there's there it's the compliance thing maybe some hst filings um but it's very kind of basic um it is hard to do some bookkeeping so when i say basic i don't mean like it's like easy to do Um, basic for you michelle (laughs) yes yes (laughs) and then the accounting side is actually more summarizing those numbers analyzing them um, explaining them. Um, and then there's the compliance piece there as well. So for incorporated businesses, it's corporate tax filings, um, financial statements, which, um, bookkeepers can do, but shouldn't 
really do. Mm -hmm. um, just because if banks rely on financial statements, they need to be done by by an accountant. Um, so it's it's accountants more that high level. Um, trying to communicate what the numbers are actually saying, mm -hmm. whereas the bookkeeping is just providing this how much you spent in office expenses, mm -hmm. for example. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michelle, am I right in thinking that the accountant piece, there's a, a legal aspect to that as well? Um, legal being in terms of, uh, you use the word compliance, like is there more, um, maybe it's more compliance than, maybe legal is not the right word. It just seems, I don't know, that's not the right word perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, accountants don't pretend to be lawyers. Maybe some do, but I don't, yeah. I don't at all because <laughs> legal is a whole separate thing. So um, I think I get what you're trying to say as far as like filing things and um there could be repercussions on an accountant if that's done incorrectly. But you would advise people that these are the requirements for this period of time, or this is what um, you also need to do to incorporate, which involves a legal team as well. Like that, that kind of it seems right. like, I don't know, maybe legal's not the right word. So thank yeah. you for that. Well, no, but compliance is compliance complying with the, the laws yeah. around tax filing and stuff. Right. So yeah. So that that yeah, that kind of makes yeah, for sure. Makes for sense. sure. Um, and thank you for that distinction, Michelle. And why did you decide to incorporate a whole other business? And tell us the business name. Give it a little plug because I think it's hard to find a bookkeeper. So people yeah, might. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take notes. <laughs> Talk with Michelle later. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So um, the bookkeeping company is called Busy Books. Um, it's, it's a virtual bookkeeping company. So we use software. Um, so we, we're cutting out the kind of paper receipts. Um, so clients would just take pictures of their receipts and that information comes to us and we record it um, for the day to day. Um, so we launched Busy Books in October of 2020. Um, so I'm co-founder of that um, company and yeah. Very good. And, and I assume that you, part of the motivation was perhaps so that you could make a clearer distinction between what you wanted to be doing, which is accounting, I assume, and the bookkeeping piece, because I know people probably were coming to you for bookkeeping. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So yeah, I definitely did want to separate it because bookkeeping does take up a lot of time. Um, and then I just wanted to, to, have that clear distinction so that I can focus on um, the advisory part, like the actual accounting. Of course, yeah, right. advisory. Perhaps that's the right word I was thinking about earlier, for sure. Michelle, yeah. is it true that sometimes people, I know people have told me this, so it is true, but how do accountants or bookkeepers feel about people just dumping a box of receipts and then <laughs> here you go fix my life <laughs> how does how do people feel about how do people from your end feel about that I have a I'm having a physical reaction thinking about ever doing that, that would just so am I. For me. but tell me tell me how, how how do you make sense of that so for me um I, I, I've had a couple of those. I've had the shoe boxes of receipts. Um, sometimes clients put them in actual folders, which is very nice. Um, <laughs> You're so but I don't, I don't know what it is, but it might just be that like problem solving and wanting to help a client that doesn't understand where to even start. Um, mm -hmm. so for me, I look at it like a challenge, um, 
I, I just, I know I talk numbers, right? So for me, it just makes sense. I can do it efficiently. And then mm. it's rewarding to know that I've lifted this weight off, off of a client. Um, so for me, that's why I do it. Mm. I don't know how other people feel yeah. <laughs> being dumped well, a box great. of receipts. So I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a great answer. And that's probably why you're, you love your work, the challenge piece, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of people don't know where to even start. Right. Or it's like that physical, uh, reaction and it's very scary. Um, so if, if, if you can outsource that and have an expert deal and trust them that they'll do it properly mm-hmm. and why not? Right. Cause that's just, it relieves so much stress that someone may have. Yeah. 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 And that, um, that's so true. Like the money stress is big. And when I started my business, I was like, ah, what do I, you know? And it's like, oh, um, it's a big stressor. And and so that leads me to, to one of the questions we wanted to ask about. Um, so what are, what would you say are some of people's biggest myths around money or around financial, you know, what we're, we're, you know, sort of contextualizing our conversation about financial wellness like, what do you think people get wrong? Like people have these ideas um, about money that are just myths. Yeah, that's a great question because everybody is different. Um, so I don't know, like I have a couple examples obviously that I'm thinking about, but um, yeah, it's hard to say because <laughs> I find people talk to each other first mm-hmm. and get like, oh, what are you doing in your business? or uh, why are you claiming this on your personal tax? Well, you have to think everybody's different. So even if someone else is claiming something, you may not be entitled to that. Mm. Um, and then as far as like the money side, um, some myths, and this has been a myth for a very long time is like saving for retirement. Um, I would say people say, oh, well, like I'm young. I shouldn't have to worry about that yet. Right. But I mean, the biggest piece of advice that I have is just start, whether it's start saving, even if you're not making a whole lot, you can still save. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've had that entrepreneur idea, you, you're wanting to start your business, just start. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No well, kidding. Great. No kidding. I think, you know, perhaps that message was there for me when I was starting to make money as a teenager and beyond, you know, just put X amount away or X percentage away. And there's a certain, um, there's a certain thrill to making money, especially when you're a teenager, that kind of, you know, that brain isn't quite developed. You don't know all the consequences or you don't think ahead, but also I think as young people, sometimes we think, oh, retirement's eons away. I have got lots of time, right? I've got lots of time. And certainly those were the barriers myself, but um, Mm -hmm. everybody's different, but that's really good advice. Just even, and something I'm trying to impart in my own kids, just take this piece of money and put it somewhere where you can't touch it. If, if you're able to, while you're, you know, yeah, exactly. No kidding. kidding. Yeah. Have your money work for you instead of you work for your money. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good. That's good advice. Um, And and we were going to ask something about, you know, advice about people's finances kind of along the same lines about myths, but advice in starting a business, maybe you just answered it, just start. What, (laughs) or even personally, what's important for people to know? Is that kind of 
overlap with our last question in terms of myths? Or is there, is there advice? Like do, do, when do we need an accountant? Maybe that's a piece. Well, of that's it. a great question. Yeah, like when, yeah. everybody, I, don't, I assume not everybody needs an accountant. Who needs an accountant, Michelle? Or maybe you'll argue that, yeah, people do need them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I'll be a bit biased on yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> I do think everyone should just for tax purposes, like, um, because I found in my experience, not a lot of people understand it, or they don't keep up with the change in it, right? So people that have filed their taxes on TurboTax, um, you know, that their grandparent taught them how to do it, right? It might not be what should be done now in current time. So um, I would say, yeah, have experts around you, not only an accountant, um, like for all financial, but a good advisor, like financial advisor, mm-hmm. um, have a team of people that can work um, in your best interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michelle, how, um, how do, maybe this is kind of basic, but I'm thinking about listeners who have no experience or who are really young or, or are intimidated by that. How do people, how would you recommend that people find an accountant other than connecting with you after this podcast? <laughs> how, how would I even find an accountant? As you say, there's such an element of trust, right? And it's such yeah. an intimate thing. How, what's your advice in terms of finding an accountant? Yes, um, I wouldn't simply, well, start with Google, but, you know, take the the first three accountants, actually interview them, um, see if they're a good fit for you um, in the way that you want or what the services that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to them, get personal with them. Um, if an accountant's not an open book to you, um, like I wouldn't expect that from a client. If I wasn't willing to share my things, how would they share their personal financial situation with me? Um, Not like I'm not going to tell them how much I make, obviously, or like, you know, like those details, but just to be open and see if it's a good fit. Um, If an accountant, um, if you do talk to one and they're booked, um, I know I, usually refer if I know it's not a good fit with a client I refer to someone that I know would be a fit or do a good job Um, so those referrals are important too yeah yeah Yeah. fit is really important isn't it in in lots of different um, supports that people seek but certainly uh, yeah I can imagine and knowing when it doesn't feel like a good fit for me accessing or for you is someone coming if you maybe there's an expertise they require that you don't have or yeah, that's important. And, you know, people have a lot of agency there. They can interview and say, hey, you know, they, there's often, I think as women, but I think lots of people don't realize that they actually have a little bit of yeah, power there. They can, they can interview the professionals in their lives, right? Right. Absolutely. That's important yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. And, and so one of the things that Deb and I were, were wondering was if you've noticed in any way that um, that gender factors into um, into um, accounting or conversations you have with clients, or maybe it doesn't. Like we were, um, you know, since we're in sort of the like women entrepreneur community, those are our those are the people we talk to, and there seems to be a similarity with women starting businesses, like a little bit of a fear, this intimidation thing, like oh, I didn't you know, I didn't, I'm, I'm not an accountant. So how can I do that? Like, you know, like, j- there's just all of this, 
um, stress around it. And, mm -hmm. and we were wondering, does this, is this a gender difference in what you've noticed? Or maybe it's not, maybe it's just anyone starting a business has these fears and worries. Yeah, I have, I have many clients kind of across the board. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's, if it is a piece in the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think it used to be in the past and I do think there's that shift. Um, but as you said, Aaron, like me and my business, um, I've been on a couple groups on Facebook and it is really women supporting women. Um, mm -hmm. So my, my success has come from that. Um, but that's not to say that males aren't reaching out either, right? Right, um, yeah. So I think, I think it's brave of a person to admit that they need an accountant or need to talk to somebody um, right. for some guidance. So I think at this point, gender is kind of out of that equation. That's great. That's really interesting. And the, I love what you said about that this has kind of shifted. There's been a shift. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's that's really that's really fascinating. That's really interesting to me. And, so and encouraging and encouraging hopeful. and also yeah. kind of reminds perhaps you and I, Aaron, that maybe you have that bias or that that opinion that maybe isn't accurate. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's interesting, yeah. Michelle, as we talk about this, because for a long time, one of my really dear friends used to say to me, you should start a business. You should start a counseling business. You should start. And I would always like immediately I would say yeah great idea but I'm not a business person that was I'm not a business person that was my answer because I thought that that piece sure the counseling piece would be really amazing but that piece can't even go there I don't have those skills and then I don't know what it was that shifted perhaps conversation with you Aaron truly um but, but also just yeah as you said just do it right and then I think yeah also helpful to be in partnership with Lillian it was very helpful as well that I felt like I wasn't doing it alone and guidance from you and from a great lawyer and a variety of a team of women surrounding us and also fellow entrepreneurs so that mm -hmm. was really helpful so yeah yeah there's a huge community of us right and we we're all kind of go through the same challenges so yeah, so but also, like you say, Deb, like you didn't have that business piece, but that doesn't mean you can't learn it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It took me a long time to get there, but I, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And I think uh, I really love what you said earlier, Michelle, if you're thinking about it, just do it. You know, if, that's, yeah. if there's a passion driving that, just do it because um, you can learn those business skills. You can learn yeah. them. And there are lots of people who can help teach you and guide you. You don't have to be doing it alone, whether you're in a partnership or not. Right. Yeah. Right. So helpful. Um, Michelle, what do you do for fun? You know, numbers, numbers don't seem fun to me. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> However, I can appreciate that you find them fun. What, what else? Maybe numbers are fun. Sudoku. That is no joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you do for fun? Um, well, I, I have to admit that I haven't taken a vacation since I started my business. Um, so maybe I can do that. Um, as far as fun, honestly, I, I, I like doing puzzles too. I think it's that problem solving thing. And just when things match up, um, it's great. Um, my kind of outlet to kind of keep me balanced, I guess, is I do, um, I train Shotokan karate. Um, so that's kind of my outlet. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to read books and just kind of the usual stuff. 
Very good. Very good. So balance. Great. I, I, I love this problem solving side of things. This is something like you said it, and I'm glad you mentioned it again, because it's churning. I didn't think of prior to this conversation, I didn't think of accounting as being problem solving. But it makes perfect sense. That's really, I don't know why it seems silly. Now you mentioned it, it's like, well, of course, it's problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, uh, I think that's an a- that might maybe that's an aspect of accounting that people don't think about like you're th- that it is in a way like a helping profession like it really it really is and i think most of us have this obviously um well i guess if you've encountered like a big firm it can feel kind of like cold and distant mm-hmm. but i love this um problem solving and um interpersonal aspect you that has really come out in our conversation Mm -hmm. and it's making me think about the importance of of that in an accounting relationship with a client and it's um it's making me think that I should really be reaching out to my accountant for some (laughs) some 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 consultation you know like because because I always had this impression like no they just do the numbers and so this has been really enlightening for me to think about all of the the ways in which accounting affects people's lives especially if we're talking you know whether it's personal or small business owners and how it can support their general wellness like you know because financial wellness is a piece of that absolutely so so I wondered if you had any reflections on that or reflections on um on what wellness means to you yeah, just overall or overall. Well, first of all, any reflections on this problem solving aspect? Go ahead, Deb. I see you. I, I was to... thinking it might be interesting to see what you what you your perspective on financial wellness, Michelle, what that means. And then just in general, however, you want to answer what wellness means to you, because I think they may be similar, but they I'm curious to see the distinction between those two. So to be to be financially well, I would say in a business and personal would be to understand that money just comes and goes right so there's no there should be no stress surrounding that Mm -hmm. cash is liquid um so so you shouldn't hold on to it so much um which i find people do and that's where the stress comes from Mm -hmm. um so to be financially well is just it is what it is right so from a small business side if you provide your services, the money will come, the money will follow. So there shouldn't be any thoughts about that, really, right? You're just providing the service, you're doing well for your clients. Um, From a personal financial wellness, um, I mean, if you have a house over your head, (laughs) then that's great, right? If you're living within your means, if you're able to eat, Um, if you're able to kind of live outside those basic things, then that's great too. Um, but it it really becomes tricky and unwell. I think if people stretch it too far, um, when they're, when they shouldn't really, or are unable to, um, as far as overall wellness, I don't think of it as just financial, obviously, um, Wellness for me is just having that balance, um, having the freedom to do what makes your soul happy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Freedom. Yeah. I like that too. 
Yeah, I, I love asking people that question because everybody has a different perspective. And I think, you know, I, I learn so much each time I hear an answer. And that freedom has just given me the tingles today, that word. <laughs> that's important, isn't it? Because I think as we're continuing to come through a pandemic, that word has taken on different meaning, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I like this idea of freedom from the stress you know, like Mm -hmm. connecting it back to the financial wellness piece. It's, Mm -hmm. I like, I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michelle, this has been a really important conversation. I, I, I want some of the words that are sticking with me earlier. You said, you know, part of the role of an accountant is just lifting the weight, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's so connected. There's a certain freedom in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, Oh, I'm taking that with me today. That's that's a wonderful yeah. way to kind of wrap up the conversation. We we really appreciate you being here and sharing your expertise and tolerating our our questions or or kind of, <laughs> you know more personal questions or questions about you know from our perspectives because we uh, as as we both said we're we're still learning you know. Mm-hmm. And thank Aaron. you for for the invitation to be on today and and you guys were tough with your questions so <laughs> I, I, i'm glad that i was able to um provide some answers and hopefully the listeners um take something from it too yeah what a compliment oh, no you're tough that's great i'll take that that's great <laughs> and Aaron, thank you so much for sitting in the co-host chair this has been wonderful and i hope that we can do it again sometime I would love to. It was such a pleasure doing this with you, Deb, and uh, and and learning more about accounting, Michelle. I think in all these years, I've never asked my sister any of these questions. So I'm really <laughs> glad I had the chance to that we had the chance to speak to you about it. So thanks. And I'm You're sure very that, welcome. I'm sure I'm sure your sister is kind of glad that you you didn't ask. Her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will take a lot away. Michelle, before we let you go, how can people find you if they hear the conversation? They think they either want to tap into your accounting service or the bookkeeping service. How can people find more about your businesses? Absolutely. So um, MQ Accounting um, is just the website. You can go to the website, um, www.mqaccounting.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the information's on there, all the services. Um, as far as the bookkeeping side, um, it's www.busy-books.ca. Um, and that's the bookkeeping side. Great. Great. I'm sure people will be curious after hearing this chat with you. And I hear that a good bookkeeper or a bookkeeper in general, a good one, hopefully, is hard to find. So I'm sure yeah. people will be tapping into that. So excellent. Thanks for, for joining us today and take good care of yourself. Bend the Podcast is a production of Bend Wellness. For more information, check out our website, bendwellness.org. Thanks for listening.